evening and uh, 17 minutes it is before 9 p.m. And uh, we take a look now at uh, the study that's come through from the Council for Scientific and Industrial Research, the CSIR, which is showing us that 45% of all of the available food supply in South Africa is wasted. Now, this shows high levels of inefficiency in the food value chain, but also shows uh, for a country that produces enough for its own food requirements, so why there's so much food insecurity in South Africa. Professor Susan Willifser, Principal Researcher at the CSIR, joins us for this conversation. Prof, good evening and welcome. Good evening and thank you for the opportunity. Prof, uh, I guess your study shows the inefficiencies in the value chain. Maybe start us off with what that value chain is, right from seed to what I might find on my plate. Exactly. So the value chain starts at the farm where the food is produced. Um, then it follows through post-harvest um, handling and storage, processing and packaging, distribution, and that is where we have the retailers, and then consumption at the household level. So, so w when you say there's inefficiency, uh, what, what is this report showing us? I mean, uh, if, if we're losing 34% of our local food production to waste, uh, there's something fundamentally wrong here. Um, indeed, but I think before I comment on that, I just want to clarify that the food waste that we talk about is all the food that is produced with the aim of feeding people. So the um, food that falls out of the supply chain but is then diverted to animal feed or to other users is included in this um, number that we have, the wastage, and the reason for that is because from a food security perspective, that food was um, initially produced with the aim of feeding people, and then it doesn't reach the, the human stomach. So that is um, the basis from which the study was done. Now, what we saw in this study is um, we actually did an uh, earlier study in 2013 that um, first estimated food waste, but that study was based on assumptions for sub-Saharan Africa. And we have since realized that um, we actually need uh, more specific data for South Africa, because South Africa is not um, a typical sub-Saharan Africa um, country. So that is then where we um, started looking at efficiencies in the supply chain, what is different in South Africa as compared to the rest of Sub-Saharan Africa. Now, first of all, we found that um, the production scale in South Africa is totally different than Sub-Saharan Africa. A typical farm in South Africa is significantly larger than a, a typical farm in the rest of Sub-Saharan Africa. So that's the first point. Um, and that also means that our production systems on farm is more mechanized, and um, the wastage that we see there is lower than what we initially um, expected. Then if we look at um, post-harvest handling and storage, similar because it is a more sophisticated supply chain that we have in South Africa, the wastage there is only about 9%. Then if we look at the next stage in the supply chain, the processing and packaging, that is where we find... 49% of the wastage happening. And the reason for this is that processing and packaging is clearly aimed at supporting distribution and also supporting consumer demand. And here we see that we in South Africa um, like convenience 
and therefore a lot of processed food is sold into the South African market. So that mm. is where a lot of the wastage then happens. Then at the distribution stage, we have only about 6% wastage, which is good, but that is typically at the retail level. And then when we move on to our consumption stage, we found in our previous study that it's only about 5% wastage happening mm. there. But now with the South African specific data, we found that it's actually we are wasting 18% um, of the overall wastage is happening at consumption stage. So that yeah. clearly indicates that South Africa is closer to our European counterparts than to the rest of sub-Saharan Africa. Mm. And that is where a real concern sits. Prof, when you say a significant amount of the waste happens at a processing level, and of course, I guess that's material for us here because a big part of the food basket of many households, least of all urban households, is of processed food products. Um, What type of waste are we talking about here? Is this, you know, in the case of a butchery, off-cuts, what are we talking about specifically? We are talking about off-cuts, yes. We are also talking about um, off-cuts in, a, for instance, um, part of the processing is freezing. So your frozen vegetables already get um, the leaves removed and um, cut in smaller pieces before it gets frozen. Um, so the wastage from there. Also, if you look at um, tinned food, and I'm specifically now thinking of fruit, there, the pips and the peels comes off, so that is part mm. of the wastage that you get then at the processing stage, so that the consumer um, don't have to bother about that. Also, um, just fresh fruit that's been um, peeled and cut that we find in the supermarket shelves, that um, peeling and cutting and off-cuts that happens there sits in the processing stage of the supply chain. So that is actually um, quite important to note that our previous estimate um, of food waste was 10.2 million tons. This estimate based on the South African specific data is 10.3 million tons. So the overall wastage is not significantly different, but we see a shift in where the wastage is happening. The previous assessment um, assumed more wastage on farm level and at the early stages of the supply chain, whereas now we see with the South African-specific data that the wastage has moved further down the supply chain to the packaging and processing and to the consumption waste. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, I mean, it's so interesting when we think about this in the broader context of the food insecurity that we experience. Uh, because in a sense, what it does suggest is, you know, some might think a lot of the wastage happens on the consumption and maybe at the farm gate. But uh, what's becoming clear here is that a lot of that happens during the value addition stage. Um, And and you were saying, look, this compares in our case to to Europe, largely driven by how mechanized and commercialized our farming operations are here. But from a waste perspective, I mean, maybe just uh, talk to us about the comparison with key markets in the sub-Saharan Africa. and uh, some of the, I guess, the treatment that you've given to that in this report. Uh, are we seeing similar types of waste uh, at uh, processing and distribution phase? Or is it, uh, I guess, largely sort of less processing and less distribution happening there? Um, in the rest of sub-Saharan Africa, we certainly see um, a bit less wastage happening at the processing um, and packaging stages. Because mm. a lot of um, this happens on small scale, 
Um, and therefore, it is less mechanized and more um, still physical people handling the food. And then you will have, for instance, if there are blemishes on some of the products, it will be cut off and the rest will be processed into um, the end product. Whereas when you have a more recognized system, um, you don't have the pieces with the blemishes taken out. You have the entire fruit or the entire um, vegetable taken out. So that is where the wastage thing becomes a bit more in a more mechanized system than in a, a processing system that's done by hand. So there we definitely see more wastage in South Africa and in other developed countries as compared to the more developing countries. Mm. But we also then see um, more wastage or less wastage at no more wastage at household level um, in the developing countries because that is where most of the food preparation happens. They don't buy pre-cut, pre-prepared food, um, so a lot of the leaves and the peels and the pips ends up at the household level, whereas in a country like South Africa, where we um, buy a lot of processed food, and the waste is pushed back into the processing stages, and therefore we see a lot less of those types of waste at household level. But what we do see more of is um, prepared food being wasted Mm. at household level um, in the more developed countries, and this is where South Africa is now mirroring what we see in Europe. You guys at the CSIR have also released uh, what you're calling a food waste prevention and management guideline for South Africa. Now, at one level, this is about raising awareness on food wastage across the value chain. But I guess at another level, it's about also providing practical tips on how different value chain actors from farmers, households through to the distributors can reduce some food losses. Maybe talk us through some of the, I guess, practical things that are in that guideline note that... um, uh, you know, ha- give some practical tips to farmers, households, and distributors alike on how they can reduce food losses and food waste. Absolutely. Um, that is actually, uh, that guideline was informed by the background research that we did for this study. So at the farm level, um, it is quite okay. important to um, optimize your um, harvesting systems, making sure that you harvest not at the warmest time of day, but start early. Um, that is one of the places where um, wastage happen. And then also, um, if you look at insects and other pests attacking your, um, your, your um, the food when it's still in the field, if you apply the correct um, farming practices, you can reduce that wastage. So that is basically at farm level. And if you look at post-consumer um, or post-harvest handling and storage, then it's important to um, start the cold chain as soon as possible. Now, this is also where the more um, advanced farming systems typically have the cold rooms on farm and the pack houses on farm, so it's easy to start the cold chain very early. Whereas the smaller farms don't have um, pack houses and storage facilities on farm, so there you have, again, um, more post-harvest handling um, losses because you have to transport the food and the cold chain starts later on. If you look at the processing and packaging stages, um, there it, it's totally around optimizing the systems in the factory um, where the processing and packaging is happening. Um, so there sometimes you see less wastage 
in a, 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 a less mechanized system than in a mechanized system. Um, uh. But there again, you also have to make sure that if you make use of um, conveyor belt systems, that they are actually working properly. Um, and we also see in mechanized systems wastage happening um, when there is shutdowns or when there's an entire batch that needs to be um, stopped and it's rejected for some other reason. And so that is where you see um, wastage happening there. At the retail level, um, we see wastage typically happening um, because of the sell-by dates on the um, product. The sell-by date is introduced to make sure that tomorrow's harvest has a place on the market shelf today. Um, so, therefore, um, the retailers has to remove um, the food when it reaches the sell-by date. And consumers quite often misinterpret those date labels um, and think that sell-by date means it's no longer good for consumption. Mm. So, um, And also the retailers... And tend to want to keep their shelves full so that if the consumer walks in, they can find what they're looking for. Um, whereas that, again, um, increases food wastage because it results in over-ordering to ensure that the shelves are always full. Mm. Then at household level, as I've mentioned, um, we tend to sometimes be impulsive buyers. You don't first look at what is in your house before you go to the shops to buy more food, uh, which results in you buying new food, um, and the old stuff just gets pushed to the back until in the end it's forgotten and um, it's then thrown out. And again, here the date labels are quite often misinterpreted. Best before date does not mean bad after. It's the expiry date that you have to worry about. Um, and... People quite often think that the sell-by date is actually the expiry date, and therefore mm. they will throw out the food. And they also don't typically do meal planning properly um, in terms of the amount of food that is prepared for the people that will um, join the meal. And then also the portion sizes are quite often not suited to the actual people um, consuming the food. And what we also found is um, yeah. at household level... For instance, pop, if you have a specific um, pot that you use to prepare the pop, irrespective of whether you have two people or ten people coming for the meal, that is how the amount of pop that you will prepare. And this is in all cultures. And then pop is not that nice the next day. So mm. the leftovers is fed either to pets um, or to pigs or other, um, or it's thrown in dustbin. So that is where a lot of wastage is happening. Um, and if we are just more aware of the food that we waste, um, I think we, we will start thinking differently about our purchases of food and what we prepare, and thereby we will um, mm. reduce food waste. You know what I like, Prof, just as we wrap up, um, from just this response you've just given us, is that it just shows us, um, least of all from the economics perspective, that it's not just, you know, uh, issues of supply and I guess demand that have driven these instances, very high instances, nearly half of ev everything produced, wasted. Uh, so these high levels of waste are not just driven by, you know, us really, I guess, not having demand or just having too much stuff being produced and uh, potentially not being put to good use, even in a context of a food insecure country. But rather, it has a lot to do with 
embedded preferences, practices, um, and what I would even argue social institutions around the preparation, consumption, and even the disposal of food. Um, and it does seem to me that that's a bigger part of the discussion than just, you know, are we producing too much of certain things that are going to waste, but rather, um, how do our food practices, be it from preparing the food to how we consume it right through to how we dispose of it, how those influence, I guess, the, this um, sort of waste dynamic that we see. Absolutely. And added to that also um, the way our food system works. Currently, the retailers mm. quite often enter into contracts with farmers, but yes. some of the big retailers have central distribution centers. Mm. And that may mean that the farmer has to deliver to the, the distribution center, and then yeah. the distribution center distributes the food back to the same area closer to the farm. Mm. So there's not necessarily the shortest possible um, travel distance from farm to the retailer. Um, and that also impacts the quality of the food, because if you travel on poor roads, mm. then the bleeding of the fruits during the um, transport is problematic. And the longer the food is on the road, the shorter the shelf life. Yeah, and I guess there's also a lot of fuel wastage there as well. I mean... Just, I would have loved for us, Prof, to continue, but unfortunately we have run out of time. But just even that last point itself uh, might require a follow-up conversation. Uh, how, you know, those, uh, uh, I guess, food supply chains are spatially configured and how that contributes to this issue of waste. But uh, Professor Olaf, sir, we're going to have to leave it here. As always, a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks very much. Professor Suzanne Olofsson is a principal researcher at the Council for Scientific and Industrial Research, the CSIR.